You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to take you around the league with Mike Jones of USA Today. We'll focus on Sunday's marquee matchups and provide your fantasy fix. And Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with former NFL safety and NFL first and goal analyst Nick Ferguson. Nick, as you were watching the game last night, were you learning more about the Cowboys or the Redskins? Because Dallas able to run the football with Alfred Morris for the first time without Ezekiel Elliott, but Washington could not hang on to the ball with four Grizzly turnovers. Well, you know, for me, it was more about uh, – Washington, and you just mentioned the fact of the, the turnovers. Kirk Cousins had committed two turnovers himself, and then you turn the ball over on special teams. When you're fighting for your playoff lives and you're on the road, that's the one thing you don't want to do because you want to be able to will win the field position battle. And obviously, Washington uh, didn't do that uh, last night. And it's very difficult, especially with you know a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins, what he is, what he isn't. Uh, whether the Redskins uh, have found their franchise quarterback or it's time to move on. And these are the games and these uh, moments where uh, you're playing against a divisional opponent and you're once again fighting for your playoff lives. You have to actually uh, show up. And for me, you know, granted, you know, Kurt, you know, threw a couple of touchdowns, but it still wasn't enough uh, as far as me saying that, if you're the Washington Redskins, this is the quarterback of the future uh, for you. So it was a wasted opportunity if you are the Redskins and Dallas took, uh, took advantage of it. You're talking about a team that was uh, embarrassed at home on Thanksgiving by Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers, and they wanted to uh, a little get back. And uh, how, how great does it feel to get a little get, get back against uh, your division opponent? So a great win for the Dallas Cowboys, but they, they still are far from uh, where they need to be. Nick, when you look at the Washington Redskins with their quarterback and Kirk Cousins, I know there's been conversations about maybe he'll go somewhere and and, and maybe get even a bigger deal or the kind of money that puts him in the elite category. With how he played last night and what he has left, do you see that actually happening? Because it's not looking too good as of lately. Well, Cordell, no, no, I I don't. And when you look at Kirk Cousins' uh, track record, you can just say he's kind of been a he was a benefactor of uh, being in some great situations, especially with RG three uh, being with the Washington Redskins and not having uh, an adequate guy at the number two spot. And so we've watched his salary continue to escalate year by year, and, and by his salary escalating, he's actually helped a couple of other quarterbacks. Uh, Matthew Stafford was one of those quarterbacks who benefited, saying, "Hey, listen." If the Redskins are going to give Kirk Cousins this amount of money, and I know, and everyone around football knows that I am a better quarterback and team leader than Kirk Cousins, then you know I deserve and demand more money than Kirk Cousins. But uh, once again, and you've been in this, this situation as a quarterback that's played in the NFL as well. These are the prime time moments. It's not about the beginning of the seasons when you're fighting for your playoff lives in prime time football. That's when you have to show up. And if you look at the track record. For Kirk Cousins, he has not performed up to that level. Uh, there was an opportunity for him to beat the New York Giants, I believe, maybe about two years ago, to kind of solidify Nick. a playoff position. He wasn't able to do it. Now he had another time, Thursday night football. I know we can say it's a short week, but a short week 
bodes well for you if you're Kirk Cousin because the Dallas Cowboys game plan isn't going to change that much, and he wasn't able to take advantage of it. So for me, after seeing Kirk Cousins up to this point, if I'm any other team out there, I'm not going to sacrifice a substantial amount of money to spend on Kirk Cousins when you can use to add depth at other key positions. But other teams will do it, and you and B-Web know this. Uh, you know, everyone talks about having an elite quarterback. So that means people start to get desperate. They start to reach. We've seen it happen in a draft. We've seen people and teams do it as far as signing a quarterback, thinking that quarterback is going to get them over the hump. The only team that I believe that's out there that could be in uh, a mood for a quarterback, well, excuse me, there's two teams. Denver Broncos, who are definitely desperate because their quarterback position is totally disarray, and the Cleveland Browns, right? So, so now those are the two teams that might be, you know, in the mood of trying to sign Kirk Cousins come this offseason. Don't overlook Buffalo. Don't overlook the New York Giants. Don't overlook the New York Jets. I think he's going to have a few more options. And just amplify the example you were pointing out. Cousins, that was last year. Remember, we were doing first and goal together. Regular season finale. Giants had nothing to play for. Their seeding was locked in. Cousins, two bad interceptions. Washington did not go to the postseason. Taking around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. So, Nick, I have all the playoff scenarios in front of me. By virtue of their win going to 6-6, six and six, Dallas has a decent, small chance of being a wild card, but they're not dead. But considering they probably have to win out and they need a lot of assistance, how much are you buying Dallas as a real playoff contender? I really don't, because when you look at uh, the remaining of their schedule, they have the Giants coming up next, or 2-9. and nine. You have Oakland 5-6, and six, Seattle 7-4, and four, and Philadelphia. You know, of those four games, you have the last three teams are fighting to get in the playoffs. Well, two or two of those teams fighting to get the playoffs and seedings. But Philadelphia, that last game of the season, you know, for Philadelphia, they at that point they would have clinched and they would have nothing to play for. Now we're talking about Nick Foles being in a game. That might be an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to steal a game. But knowing that Seattle and Oakland are still right there on the cusp, and they want to make sure that they went out. This could be very difficult, even though we know that Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled to come back that week of the Oakland game. It may be a tad bit too late, and it may be if Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to really think about this situation. Had he taken the six-game suspension at the early part of the season, maybe he would have been there to bail out his other part of the dynamic duo, but it's not going to be enough to get Dallas in, gentlemen. It's not going to be enough. Nick, there's a few games around the National Football League that that's I think going to be deserving uh, to be paid attention to. One I want to talk about here in Atlanta, uh, that's the Minnesota Vikings and, and the Atlanta Falcons. Minnesota comes on the road and get a win against this Atlanta team that's really hot right now. We've seen what's happening on the defensive side of football as far as attacking it uh, to the offensive side. We finally got Julio Jones to get over 200-plus yards catching the football. And then you're coming in town with Case Keenum. They get that win. What does that mean for the Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum as their starting quarterback? Well, to me, I think it says a lot about uh, Case Keenum. Uh, the fact that Coach Zimmer really believes in uh, Case Keenum and the fact that you know, looking at Case Keenum's past, and that's just that, it's, it's in the past. You look at the caliber of work that he's doing every Sunday and to go and play a team like Matt Ryan, a team that's fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance. When you look at your schedule – you always look at those marquee wins, you know, and this kind of this is one of those wins that they can use to kind of propel them forward in the playoffs. Considering the fact that the Minnesota Vikings are sitting 
you know, where, where they're sitting at 9-2. and two. So this would be a great win for them moving forward and just kind of solidify everything Coach Zimmer has been working towards with this team to this point. Yes, you, you have adversity. Things definitely happen. But it's what you do with the moment, right? You have to be able to seize the moment. This would be a great opportunity for Case to actually make a case for himself as being mentioned in the likes of some of the top quarterbacks in the league, knowing as though he really wasn't drafted out of Houston, especially putting up the numbers that he actually put up. So to be able to do it against Matt Ryan, that would be great for his confidence, and it would be a boost of confidence for the team moving forward and moving into the playoffs. Nick, got three minutes left, so I'm looking for a brief answer. You can handle it. If I give you Doug Peterson as the head coach of the Eagles or Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, who's getting your vote for coach of the year? I'm going to go with Doug Peterson. You look at the fact that you're doing it with Carson Wentz in his second year, and yeah, there's several coaches on the coaching staff that are former quarterbacks, but for Carson Wentz to be playing the way that he's playing and he has the Eagles on a nine-game win streak, that's phenomenal. And then still, you're still talking about the defensive side of the ball. This was a defense that in their division last year did not excel, wasn't playing you know, well collectively, but now they've just totally turned everything around. So Doug Peterson definitely should be one of the guys, if he doesn't win, should be mentioned and be a nominee in the Coach of the Year for the NFL. Finally, Nick, if you noticed I had a physical malady like I'm pigeon-toed, would you ever bring it up on the air? Do you think that's appropriate as show fodder? Well, it all depends on what the subject matter. If we're talking there about we how players job, walk Nick. or how maybe some guys run, like they've played against running backs who've been pigeon-toed, but that's allowed them to Nick, be able to cut on a dime maybe quicker than I can actually get to them. So if that's the topic of conversation, then it might come up. So I, I guess Nick, that means that Cordell listen. somehow brought up something about either pigeon toe or something. That's what I'm guessing. Nick, listen. Nick, so we're having a conversation about Case Keenum. You know how much he hates Case Keenum. I do not hate so, anyone or anything. So he got just really brave. He got really brave and thought it was very charismatic to come up and say, I'm more athletic than Case Keenum. I'm like, have you, I've seen that walk before. He said, yeah, I'm pigeon-toed. And when he said he was pigeon-toed, I said, oh, you really have a problem. Look at the back of your shoes. I said, I'm pigeon-toed as well. So I know how his shoes wear out. So now he's trying to make it seem like I'm talking about him being pigeon-toed. Nick, I'm pigeon-toed and not needed. Hey, Nick, it's bullying, and that's fine. You're a better person than other people on this show. That's all I'm going to point out, all right? Hey, Nick, he needs a friend right now because he's not a better athlete than Case Keenum. That's all it is. Hey, listen, I I know I'm short on time, but when I was growing up, being pigeon-toed was what everyone wanted. Hey. Because if you're playing basketball, that meant that you can really cross someone Thank up you, really, Nick. really like well. Michael so Jordan. Like know. Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan. Right? <laughs> like Tim Hardaway Sr. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. You're the best. I'll see you on Sunday. I'll see you on there Sunday. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 first play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere. Anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is the way I heard it. The only podcast for the curious mind with a short attention span. We're at episode number 83. Incredibly. I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika. This is Uncivil. Where we ransack America's history. And discover that the past is never really past. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. 
and beaming out across all of space and time. This is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's welcome in Mike Jones from USA Today. Mike, thanks for taking the time. And you and I used to chat when you covered the Redskins for the Washington Post. Watching last night's game to tell you more about the Cowboys or the Redskins. Washington, four turnovers last night, three coming from Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, you can't really totally – Put those on Kirk. I mean, he had uh, one tip ball, one that was um, one that went through Jamison Crowder's hand. Uh, the, the fumble, the guy came clean off the line, terrible blocking. You know, everybody wanted to come down hard on Cousins, but he wasn't getting a whole lot of help out there uh, from, from the way I saw it there. They definitely needed to cut down on mistakes, and they're so banged up right now that their margin for error is so small, and if there's any type of misstep, uh, then they just really unravel. And last night, they were not able to stop the bleeding. They started off bad, and fortunately for uh, Dallas, they were able to take advantage of those uh, mistakes and really get their get their groove back, even though uh, they didn't have Zeke Elliott. Mike, when watching how they played as of lately, uh, they they play in spurts. You know, regardless of injuries, they go on the road against Seattle and. They squeaked that win out in Seattle, and I think that was with, we're talking with Josh Norman, like a 43-man roster in comparison to what they had uh, weeks prior. Give me your take on the morale of the football team uh, in your assessment from the standpoint of do they feel like they can win every time they step out on the football field considering all the injuries? Yeah, well, I have you got to give a lot of credit to Jay Gruden because he has kept these guys still fighting. Um, they still believe. Uh, you know, There might be times where it looks – Slim, and there are some guys in the locker room that don't know the names of half the guys in there because they're new uh, and just having to keep on plucking guys off the streets. But they still continue to prepare. You've got guys like Josh Norman, who's a vocal leader. You've got guys like Kirk Cousins, Trent Williams, guys who are really trying to continue to push everybody. And they're, you know, they're getting it. They're, you know, they're getting their best effort out of them. Uh, far as what they can muster like you said they went up there and they beat seattle um they had a you know a win that was they had to come from behind against the giants they had opportunities to seem like they were going to get going against dallas and they couldn't quite do it and now we'll see uh when that loss they're kind of eliminated from playoff contention we'll see if they continue to fight or if they start to fold but just knowing a lot of the guys in that locker room i think that you continue to see them uh battle even though uh, the, mathematically, it looks like they're limited. Taking around the league with Mike Jones of USA Today. Mike, if we're doing the playoff arithmetic, Dallas able to keep their fate, postseason hopes alive. But are you really buying Dallas as a wild card in the rugged NFC? Feels like Dallas has to win out, and they're going to need some help from other teams in that conference. Yeah, exactly right. It's going to be a tough road for them, even though they got that win last night, and even though it seems like Jason Garrett's figured out that, okay, yeah, Alfred Morris can be counted on when you need to pound the football take pressure off of Dak Prescott. Look, they're not going to face a battered defense like they did last night every single week. It's going to be difficult for them. And you got some very good teams ahead of them, like the Falcons, like the Panthers. And, you know, it's going to it's hard to envision them making up that ground without Elliott. 
yeah, they, they went in there and they were desperate last night, but I don't know how easy it's going to be for them to sustain that kind of level of play. Uh, they it, It's going to be hard for them. I'd, I'd be surprised if they make it out of this thing and, and get to the playoffs. Speaking of getting out of this thing, uh, the Saints have, have gone on a eight-game winning streak and lost to a Los Angeles Rams team. Um, of course, not having their cornerbacks on both sides kind of hurt them just a little bit. But how much are you buying the New Orleans Saints to be in a better team in that division? Well, I do. I think that when you have to look at the way that they're able to hurt you, not just with Drew Brees, because we've seen for years and years Drew Brees puts that team on his back and carries them. But now they have a very potent rushing attack as well. They can uh, hurt you in a variety of ways. Yeah, they've got to get healthy on defense uh, at the cornerback position there. And their defense will give up some yards. So they're not invincible. But I do just think that when you look at the quarterback play, you know, Cam Newton's kind of erratic this year. Um, the, the Falcons have not been able to consistently get things going, although it seems like they're starting to get a rhythm there. But I still like the Saints to win that division there. I think that uh, I'll be uh, down there on Sunday. I think they'll, they'll have a bounce-back game. It's going to be you know, a test for them as they're, they're facing uh, the divisional rivals, the Panthers. But um, I think that uh, they can uh, put this thing together and keep rolling. Mike Jones, USA Today, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Mike, because you have the national perspective, got to ask you about what the Giants decided to do with Eli Manning this week. To me, the move was justifiable, but it was handled so poorly and the optics were terrible. If Eli's moving on, Beyond the predictable reunion with Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville, what do you think the market could look like for him in the offseason? Well, you just don't know. There's going to be a lot of uh, teams out there who need quarterbacks. So look, I'd be surprised if the Redskins work this thing out with Kirk Cousins. Doesn't seem like they still they still don't have confidence in him. Doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Eli Manning. Um, Denver's going to need a quarterback. They very well could. Uh, it worked out with one Manning brother, Mike. Try going after the next one. Um, and like you said, obviously Jacksonville. So there's going to be teams that are going out there. Eli Manning, I think he's going to be highly motivated uh, to prove that he still has uh, stuff left in the tank. Uh, and, you know, everybody that I've talked to feels like they like that they handled this poorly, disrespectful, um, and, you know, it's just one more miscalculation on the part of Ben McAdoo. And uh, I think that, you know, we'll see Eli Manning bounce back somewhere uh, and with a pretty good team and have a chance to go out there and prove that he can still uh, lead a contender. The more the Minnesota Vikings uh, team wins, the more the, st- the higher the stakes get and also uh, the higher stakes uh, become for Case Keenum and his future. Give me your take on Case Keenum and how well has he been playing so far and what does his future look like just in case he plays well enough to get himself a contract down the road, whether it's with Minnesota or someone else. Yeah, I think that he's going to get one. Um, I did a, a project this week evaluating the uh, quarterbacks in the league who are 30 and under. Case Keenum being one of those guys, and I talked to 13 different people, former quarterbacks, former coaches, some general managers, um, who, and what they thought of him. And they said, look, this is what you get when you finally have somebody who's a smart offensive coordinator, a guy who's got, you know, he's not an elite guy. He's not going to be able to carry a team, but he's managing this offense very well. Um, you know, Sherman's done a good job of, uh, putting him in position for success. That defense does a great job of supporting that offense. He's got weapons around him. So Case Keenum is doing what they're asking him to do and proving that, okay, he looked, you know, the Rams, they let him go. They didn't feel like, you know, he was anybody that could help them. Uh, but he's proven that, okay, it's all about fit. 
and uh, he's working hard. And I think that, you know, if you look at the quarterbacks that the Vikings have, Teddy Bridgewater, talented, but durability is an issue. Sam Bradford, durability is always an issue. I think that the Vikings would be smart to work out a deal and keep Case Keenum uh, and continue to roll that way uh, throughout the next season. Mike, finally, let's focus on another quarterback situation. We're all trying to forecast the future of Kirk Cousins. Where do you think he's playing next season? That's a good question. Um, you know, it had looked like San Francisco would be the spot for him, uh, reuniting with um, Kyle Shanahan, former offensive coordinator, back when he first came into the league. Kyle and Mike were the ones who brought him there, even though they drafted Robert Griffin um, and really helped him uh, get going. Uh, but now they got Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see down the stretch here if Jimmy Garoppolo can convince them, you know, because everybody I talked to for this project, they still say, hey, he's a project guy. There's no sure thing that he's going to be um, the guy in San Francisco. So I guess it's a possibility. But Denver is another place where, um, you know, Kirk could probably go in there and, and, and compete. Um, you know, there is, like we said, Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Um, you know, Cleveland needs a quarterback. No, there's going to be options for him. Obviously, New York's going to need, the Giants are going to need a quarterback. Um, the Jets are going to need a quarterback. There's a lot of teams. Uh, the Bills are going to need a quarterback. So, Kirk Cousins is going to have his options. Maybe the Redskins don't want to pay him, but he's not worried about that. From everything I've been told, talking to people close to him, he feels like he has done what he has to do to prove that he deserves uh, a, a very nice contract and that he can go out there and help a team win. And so, um, he's not threatened over the Redskins. Mike, great information as always. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy what should be a tremendous game between Carolina and New Orleans in the Big Easy. Thank you, Mike. All right. Thanks, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Hey, guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn. And since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that happen. And along with our co-host, we Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down. And then us and a guest, we and a guest break it all down. And we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour and you will enjoy it. It's a real Silly. You can hear episodes of our show uh, a full week early right here on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, Cordell and I tell you what we are more than sure is going to happen on the field in week 13. It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. We start with the nine early games. Marquee matchup in Atlanta, 9-2 Minnesota. They've won seven straight. 7-4 seven Atlanta's come alive. They've won three consecutive games. Make it four. I'm picking the Falcons at home. How about you? Tell you what, this is a hot take. I have it working in the background, baby. You hear that? I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Case Keenum and the Purple People Eaters come to town and pay a visit and give them a case of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with Case Keenum. Divisional matchup, 9-2 New England looking for their eighth consecutive win at Buffalo. Bills, 6-5, still on the wild card. Hunt, I'm taking the Patriots on the road. How about you? I'm going with the Patriots on the road as well. I'm going with them as well. The Jimmy Garoppolo era begins for the Niners on the road in Chicago. San Francisco 1-10, Bears 3-8. Here's Garoppolo on the matchup. 
I had to put my phone away for a little while uh, the last couple of days. Just, uh, you know, I'm trying to focus. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us this week. Chicago has a very talented defense, so we need to prepare throughout the week very well and uh, get ready for those guys because it's going to be a challenge. I'm taking Jimmy G and the Niners. How about you? I'm going with Jimmy G. I want to see him go out and play well. Uh, yes, I'm going with the 49ers. Five and six Packers hosting the four and seven Bucks. Here's Dirk Cutter on the return of Jameis Winston. Oh, Jameis is going to start on Sunday. He took uh, the majority of the reps out there today, threw the football fine. His arm strength was fine. Any player that's back practicing, I mean, when have we ever not done that? When does a player ever not come back and been a starter that week? I just assume you guys knew that. I'll take the Packers at home. How about you? I'm going with the Packers. I think uh, Hundley comes off of a... A game where he played, he lost against the, uh, the, 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 the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he goes eight on and get this win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going Green Bay. Divisional matchup, 4-7 Houston on the road at 7-4 Tennessee, guided by Marcus Mariota. We're in the thick of things. Uh, this is where you want to be, and we just got to just gotta take it one game at a time. Every one of these games coming up, it's going to be a challenge, and it's it's going to be tough, but we have we have to do our best to, to win every single one of these, and um, you know, this is the next one up. I know you're picking Tennessee. I'll do likewise. Make it official. You are selecting the Titans, correct? Yes, I am. I'm going with Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Somebody's got to win a football game with three and eight. Denver takes on four and seven. Miami in South Florida. Broncos with seven consecutive losses. Dolphins have lost five straight. They're going to win on Sunday. I'm taking the Dolphins. How about you? I'm going with the Dolphins as well. Pants struggling. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Four and seven Jets hosting six and five Kansas City. KC has lost five of six. Here's their quarterback, Alex Smith. It's no lack of, of plays or X's and O's or scheme. Certainly what we were doing earlier in the year uh, and the success we had doing the exact same things. I mean, it's, I, think you, I think you rely on that. It's 11 guys all have to do the right thing for plays to work. Uh, one guy here, one guy there, and it all gets fouled up, and it uh, looks what it looks like, like last week. So, no, I mean, I, like I said, I think that the focus is on uh, execution, right? we got a game plan. we got to go out there and make it work. Now let's hear from the head coach of gangrene, Todd Bowles. A lot of speed on offense, very accurate passer, very good running backs, very good offensive line defensively, very ball-hawking secondary linebackers, real tough up front and in the middle. We got a great pass rush. We expect to get the best Kansas City team. Obviously, they started off fast, and, you know, we don't know the reasons why they won or why they lost. We just know they're dangerous, and they're a very good football team coming in here, and that's what we got to play for. Cordell, while I want to take the Jets, remember Kansas City went to the Meadowlands a couple weeks ago, lost to the Giants. They will not allow that to happen again. Begrudgingly, I'm taking Kansas City. How about you? I know Darrell Rivas is making his debut back into New York. I'm going with the Jets on this one. I think Josh McCown and company actually spoil it again. This team goes, what, six? Losing six out of seven games? I think they lose again. They lose again. 3-8 Indy. Divisional matchup on the road at 7-4 Jacksonville. Here's Blake Bortles. You know, I don't think anybody likes to be like that. So anytime you get an opportunity to play a team, that that was how it went the first round. I think they're going to bring a little extra juice. They've been playing pretty well since we played them four games ago or however long ago it was. Um, the defense has been playing pretty well, you know, so it's definitely going to be uh, another test. You know, it's, it's week in and week out. It's a challenge every week to go out and execute, figure out the game plan, uh, work on it during the week, fine tune it and go execute it on Sunday. So it's going to be a challenge. Definitely. I'm taking the Jags big at home. How about you? Yeah, you're talking about how good they're playing Blake Bortles, and you've been playing just the opposite. You've been playing bad, but I'm still sticking with the Jaguars. Spite of how he's playing, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Critical matchup between a pair of 6-5 and five teams. Lions on the road in Baltimore. Here's Matthew Stafford. 
Their defensive line does a great job of getting pressure. Their linebackers and DBs are facing the quarterback a bunch and, and making uh, you know really nice plays on the football. They rally to the ball. Ball gets tipped in the air. You never know. It doesn't seem to hit the ground much when they're playing. So they're doing a nice job of turning it over. Their defense is is really really good. They get after the passer. They stop the run. Um, they're tough against the pass. I mean they're just a really really solid defense. Taking the Ravens at home. How about you? I'm taking the Ravens. I think the Feast of Family defense is going to get after the, the sprained ankle of the quarterback in Matthew Stafford. I'm going with the Ravens. On to the four late games. Five and six Chargers lost last year to Cleveland for the Browns' only win. Cleveland winless. Phillip Rivers is not taking this matchup lightly. It's a good group. I mean, obviously there's some talented young players, a couple veteran guys. They play hard. It's a uh, typical Greg Williams style of defense. They're very multiple in what they do, blitz-wise, scheme-wise. They never let you get comfortable, you know. But just watching the tape, I mean, every game they're in, every game they cause problems, every game they cause turnovers. So we know who's coming in here, and we got to be ready to, you know, regroup from our last couple weeks, coming off a long weekend, and uh, zero in on the Browns. Cordell, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm taking Cleveland. Yeah, I said it. History repeated the Browns beat the Chargers for the second consecutive year. Yeah, and you're going to, history is going to repeat itself this year. They're going to lose another one. They're going to be 0-12 after this one. I think Melvin Ingram and also Joey Bosa, he gets after Deshaun Kaiser and company. I am going with DLA Chargers. 5-6 Oakland hosting the 2-9 football Giants guided by Geno Smith. Even though the Raiders are decimated in the receiving core, I'm taking the silver and black. How about you? I'm going with the Giants. I think they played spite of Ben McAdoo's bonehead decision to take Eli Manning out. I think they played well enough to beat this football team. Oakland's struggling. I'm going with the Giants. I foreshadowed this. I'm taking the Panthers on the road in New Orleans. How about you? I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. I think they get it. The who that nation gets it done. Two more games to pick. Eight and three L.A. on the road at five and six Arizona. The Rams shut out the Cardinals in London in Week 7. They're going to win this game again. I got L.A. How about you? Yeah, I'm going with the Rams. I know it's tough sometimes within that division to play on a, in other people's turf. I'm going with the Rams as well. Sunday night football. Eagles, best record in the game. They've won nine straight on the road in Seattle. Fly, Eagle, fly. I'm taking Philly. How about you? I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I think the strength of that guy in Russell Wilson, he gets it done. They don't play well on the road. I'm going with Seattle. And by your logic, with Seattle's victory and I have the Saints losing, suddenly that wild card hunt to the NFC is going to be even more compelling. We're going to break it down in detail on Monday. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Listen to Tune In on your time with Tune In On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for the latest installment of the Fantasy Fix. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30, he's gone! He's gone, what a move! It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked up! From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. 
Today, we're pleased to be joined by Joey from RotoRadar.net. Joey, thanks for taking the time. Let's start with our takeaways from what happened last night on Thursday Night Football based on what you saw at Alfred Morris. You're going to keep him in a starting lineup for the rest of the season as the playoffs are upon us in fantasy football. If the matchup dictates, uh, absolutely. They're, they look like they're going to give him the volume, so might as well stick with it if the matchup looks good. Joey, breakout game for Joe Mixon. Do you think he may have turned the corner, or was it the Browns' defense? Well, I do like him going forward, but he doesn't have any obvious elite matchups. That being said, the Browns' defense was great to start the season, but some key injuries have really changed things for them. Joey, we know the strength of what's going on in Jacksonville is their defense. So it's the Jags hosting the Colts' divisional matchup on Sunday. What's the outlook for Eugene T.Y. Hilton? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> um, he's just uh, he's just not not come to play lately. I, I hate to say it because he's he's won me some won me some good money this year a couple of weeks, but there's a couple of weeks that he's just destroyed my lineups as well. And I know that that pain has permeated through the DFS community because you've heard some terrible stories when he either scores thirty points or three. So. His matchups coming up the rest of the season are, are terrible, except for Week 17. And unfortunately, by that time, most of our leagues are going to be wrapped up. So sit him on your bench or cut him. Joey, when Juju Smith returns, are you hesitant about using him because of his injury or are you going full goal because the Steelers have been safe with him? I love Juju the rest of the season, as long as the rest of the season starts next week, not this week against the Bengals. I don't like that matchup at all. So if he does happen to play Monday, uh, I mean it's it's a coin flip as to whether he'll be he'll be usable or not. But the rest of the season, uh, they've they've opened the offense up to him, and and it looks like they're going to use him the rest of the season uh, in a lot of situations that could be very beneficial for your team. Yeah, we're sticking with that matchup. We saw Martavis Bryant make a few plays Sunday when the Steelers had a rally to beat the Packers. Would you have Bryant in your lineup for the Monday night matchup against the Bengals? I do not like the the Bengals matchup. They have some really uh, top-level cornerbacks, and I, I expect that to be a slug match. I don't expect to see more than 40 points scored total between those two teams. It's a rivalry game, and those teams, they, they usually don't have uh, high-scoring affairs. The Adrian Peter, Peterman, uh, excuse me, the Adrian Peterson experiment is just three weeks long in fantasy. Uh, what would it take for you to use him again for the rest of the season? I'll play him in season-long leagues because of the volume he's getting. I don't see too many great matchups for him the rest of the season, but he's still a top-20 running back in my book. Fantasy Fix, Joey from rotoradar.net. Joe, if we're talking actual reality in the NFL, 6-5 and five Detroit on the road at 6-5 and five Baltimore is a game filled with playoff implications. And we know that it's crunch time in fantasy football, so would you have confidence in Danny Woodhead against the Lions? It really depends on what you what you feel is is the Baltimore game plan. Um, I really don't like that running back situation, to be honest with you. It's just too muddled. They're giving all three of the running backs just too, too equal of a split. So unless it's a situation where the Lions jump out to a huge lead and the, the Ravens are playing from behind, I just don't think there's enough of a ceiling to trust him unless you just have no choice. Who are your top three quarterbacks this weekend? Well, Tom Brady's the obvious safe play. Um, I really like Drew Brees. Uh, I, I hate—I can't believe I'm saying this, 
this late in the season, but he's actually a sneaky play, and I feel he's going to be under-owned despite being at home. Uh, the running backs for the, the Saints have really taken over things, but this Carolina defense is really good against the run, and I think it should, uh, should funnel quite a bit of uh, offense towards the pass game. And my high-risk, high-reward guy is going to be Jameis Winston this week. Uh, there's a lot of risk to him, but the price he is on the, the DFS sites, he's the, the only person in that price range that has the ability to have a ceiling as high as the big guys. Joey, I feel like I can share a personal story with you. I got out of fantasy football for a couple reasons. I have no life. I'm talking football with Cordell 15 hours a week. And then most importantly, I didn't want to be in the room with anybody for four hours for the fantasy football draft. But when I played fantasy football, we had an old school league with two starting quarterbacks. That is a conundrum. So if somebody's in one of those leagues and they're desperate, any confidence in Geno Smith against a batter at Oakland secondary on Sunday? I can speak from experience. Our home league is a two-quarterback league with a power flex where you can add a third quarterback. So I promise you Geno Smith will be in in somebody's starting lineup this week. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. I, I actually think the Raiders are the best value defense on the slate, for whatever that means. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> It's all right. And who are your best three running backs this weekend? Well, anybody, anybody can tell you Le'Veon Bell and Fournette. They're the obvious ones. But some of the overlooked ones are going to be Melvin Gordon. Um, he's going against that Cleveland defense that people think is still good against the run, but it's not. And he's just he's kind of left, uh, left some people feeling pretty rough about his performances the past couple of weeks. So I, I kind of expect him to rebound and have a big game. Uh, the chalky play is going to be Jordan Howard against the, uh, the 49ers, obviously. And then this is, this is only if Aaron Jones doesn't play. But if Aaron Jones does not play, uh, Jamal Williams is a must-start uh, this weekend. And the Packers made official putting Ty Montgomery on the IR today. Joey, we want our listeners to always have access to the best information. What should they know about Roto Radar? Well, whether you're a seasoned vet or new to DFS, uh, Roto Radar gives you unprecedented access to some of the best DFS minds in the business. And I'm going to put you on that list, Joey. Joey, thank you for listening. I don't tell everyone my fantasy football story, but I felt a personal kinship with you. Well, I appreciate it. And, guys, I absolutely enjoy it. Uh, I'd be welcome. To, to help you anyway, anytime. Thank you, Joey. Have a great you weekend. Joey. You too. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.